0: Three, two, one, Mark. Three, two, one, Mark. In the spirit of the national holiday that is April 20th, the great Snoop Dogg said, guess who's back in the motherfucking house with a big fat pod for your motherfucking mouth? It's us. That has been we're used drunk. Before. We're drunk. Weekend reviewing. We we've recycled that one. We know it. We know yep. JM. Just saying. before twenty comes. Well, the date comes, but once a year, the time <laughs> comes twice a day, or once if you're in Europe. Did they not have a? F- oh yeah, because it would be sixteen twenty. Sixteen twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Poor guys. They have to wake up so early. to Do four twenty over there. <laughs> Yeah, it's like an after-school <laughs> ritual around here. You know, oh, over there in Germany, they're like, "Hey, pizza, wake up!" It's it's old four <laughs> twenty. <laughs> That's a good question. Like over there, to be like, "Ebra, hey, Ebra, hey, it's it's sixteen twenty, yeah." What and what like, accent is up. that? I don't know. It's, like, Swedish, probably. Yeah, that
1: was, that was some, like, weird, like, Danish, Norwegian, Finnish. I feel like
0: it was, was it Danish and Jamaican at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> it could have sounded like a caricature
2: of a Swedish person where it's, like, maybe it was on Family Guy or something. The stupid Swedish guy shows up. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. You you could have been that voice.
1: Like, nein, you schlafen. See, that's, that's the, you got the German down. Yeah, you know. Oh, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, in my head, most Germans actually talk like, that more gruff voice because um, you better. My friend Chris uh, Ambrosius, mm-hmm. his dad is a Greek-German from Hamburg. Okay. And he basically talks as if he has – he s- grew up speaking German and then decided to gargle, like, rocks and glass of whiskey and chain smoke. So it's just, it's like – Oh yeah, oh, yeah! Goddamn Bayern Munich, Munich, motherfuckers! Because he's like a Dortmund guy.
1: That sounds like the Jer- Ger- that sounds like the uh, Greek in him. The Greek have that real low, like guttural.
0: Oh, it's very. It's like it's it's, it's very just like grumbly. Like, but then it, you can tell he's German. It's, it's interesting.
2: He's uh, a, he's a I can't say I remember anybody that met German right now, but I did meet somebody uh, that was Danish, and uh, the. At, like, the International Hotel in in Seoul. It was kind of interesting. So it's, like, me, this Danish dude, and this guy from, like, um, Guatemala, mm. like, sitting oh, in the bar drinking different. together. Yeah, and we're all trying to understand each other, but only me and the Danish guy really speak the same language. You it spe- was weird.
1: You speak Dutch, huh?
2: No, he spoke well,
1: English. Well, the Danish. Danish speak. They speak... Dan- they speak...
0: Danish speak Danish. Yeah. Or is
1: that one of those... Right. Or is that one of those countries that speaks,
0: like, three like different languages? S- Swe- s- the The Swedes do speak Swedish. However, it's, like, kissing cousins the German. Danish starts... I think... So, yeah. Danish like- starts getting more... Um, like, like, French side of German. Nordic. No? Yeah, oh, no. Yeah. Official,
1: official language is Danish. I'm
0: thinking Belgium. Yeah, it's like the Belgians, Danish, are, yeah. Norwegian, and Finnish are all, like, super weird fucking languages.
1: Yeah. Belgians are... The Belgians are one of those weird sister countries where, depending on where you're at, determines the language that you speak.
0: Yeah, Belgium's like a gigantic Switzerland in that aspect. <laughs> yeah, so,
1: like, there was a portion of it that spoke German, but it was mostly French, Flemish, and yeah, Dutch. Like, there's
0: that weird Flemish, then you have the German sector, the French sector... Then you have some, yeah, carryover from the think, Dutch. Yeah, I think there were some Dutch. Yeah, Dutch, French, and German are like the
1: official, and then
2: there's like Flemish. Hey, so if gotta... you could find us a podcast kind of describing the history of that little section, I, I would totally listen to that.
0: It's this one. We're, that, that's the that's the topic today. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> we're just going to
2: shoot from the hip on it. Yeah. yeah uh, you know, like, Read uh, Wikipedia you know. articles while we get
1: drunk. That's how we used to do the podcast. That's how we still do the podcast. Like y'all that's, were talking about yeah,
2: it and I, I just don't know if there's been
0: much. Oh, of that's an exactly how I crutched my way through like the last half of season two of Pretty Little Liars. I'm like, Yeah, I watched. I'm like, no, I'm just reading the recaps. Yeah, but you were putting notes up, so it worked. Uh yeah, I was doing notes off of the recaps. I mean, I would have it on, I'm like, I can't follow this.
2: <laughs> oh, I had it on and I just I just like free noted it. I was like Oh my God, what just happened?
0: You poor, you poor summer child. You don't know about the winters of the actual first couple seasons. You got to watch the good stuff. Yeah, this like, is actually good.
1: like a lot.
0: This is significantly
1: better. <laughs> original Sin is significantly better than the original <laughs> one. Yeah.
2: You know, the only takeaway I have from it is that the filming of it was was pretty outstanding. And I'll, I'll just go ahead and throw this in. I, I just finished watching season three of The Mandalorian and I was ticked off about stuff. It is that a bad. It's really like really like one-dimensional way that they'd film things and and really what that means is like they've been heavily relying on their high inventive like green screen adaptation where it like it looks like the Mandalorian's walking on the moon, you know what I mean, but it doesn't oh. actually look real, just looks like it's CGI or whatever. You can tell. But there's something interesting about the way, um, the the Pretty Little Liars came together because they had like alternate camera angles. They did a lot of tracking shots. Um, they used traditional um, forms of of using film to tell the story. So, so I'd say from a filming perspective, Pretty Little Liars has the up there. But I mean, you know, it they're they're two different shows, so it's not worth like comparing. But that's um that's my kind of. Two cents.
0: I really want to do Andor. I just I don't have any buy on from my TV watching partner. Mm.
1: I stopped it, watching. That means you can watch it solo. I stopped I watching all the, the Star Wars spinoffs because I did The Mandalorian for season one. I'm trying to think if I, I did
0: one. I don't think I watched two. I
1: didn't watch season two. I started watching The Bad Batch and I went, this is awful. And then,
0: so I've heard that one's good, like the cartoon. Yeah, I maybe because I didn't. I've heard it's good. Maybe because I didn't. Is for kids. I didn't. I don't like don't I don't know shit about the backstory. I don't know if I care.
1: I didn't do the Clone Wars. I've t- I started Clone Wars like three or four times. No. Um, so that's probably why I didn't like the Bad Batch. Um. What are the other spinoffs? I didn't even know. Like uh, Andor. I didn't Legend
0: even, of Boba Fett. Okay, so
1: I got through two episodes of that and turned that off. That was too much to keep up with.
0: Dude, they had um, they had Vespas in Boba Fett. Oh, Boba Fett sounds Italian. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, uh, Boba Fett. It's a bowl of Boba Fett. I, yeah, I try to keep up like with doing, the. They're like doing
2: some food porn stuff where Boba Fett's like has his mask, but he's making pasta. Oh, uh, Really?
0: Yeah, it'd be cool. Like,
1: I do he the. Eats out, he eats out of the head. But, I do hell, the Marvel ones. Mostly because they're easier to keep up with. You don't have to really pay super in-depth attention
0: like you do with the Star Wars ones. I've only committed to Loki. Uh, I didn't get through Hawkeye. I uh, did that. One. Took me. I don't think I all the way through Wandavision. Although I've heard that one's pretty good. Wandavision was. I'd cool. be willing
2: to go back to Wandavision because it's got Paul Bettany, and Paul Bettany in his early career was doing amazing stuff from like. Do you remember um,
0: Wimbledon with Chris Kirsten Dunst? Oh, I okay.
1: was thinking... I was there we think, go. How about I was uh, thinking the but- Beautiful Mind? I was thinking the butler in Modern Family. Isn't that Paul Bettany? He's the, the butler. Yeah, there's like three or four episodes where he's the uh, concierge butler at a hotel. I'm um, pretty sure that's Paul Bettany. It's hilarious.
0: No, I think that is the guy from... Uh, How about... Uh, the hype. Oh God, he's in another. Guy. We're talking show. about the
2: hype guy from A Knight's Tale.
0: Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. Paul Bettany.
2: So this is the
1: you're same right. guy that we're talking about. You're, no, that he's not in. You're right. It okay. is not the same person. So that is as the hype guy family. from Oh, A Knight's you're talking.
0: Oh, it's that guy, the Ichabod Crane-looking motherfucker.
1: Yes. Leslie Higgins is the butler. Uh, st- he's his, great. He no Stephen Merchant. Stephen Merchant. Yeah. So well, his yeah, character. Oh, he's, 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 he's enjoyable. His, his character yeah, is Leslie Higgins.
2: Stephen Merchant. Stephen Merchant. 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 Yeah, and I'm thinking of. And do I have it right that I was thinking of Paul Bettany? You are thinking then, of Paul Bettany.
0: Well, Paul Bettany is uh, Vision. Yeah, he is. But okay. Stephen Stephen Merchant is this. Uh, I, I tall, other
1: guy. tall, skinny British guys. I get them confused. Also British. Okay. Yeah, tall, skinny British guys get him confused. Okay.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I forgot so, Paul Bettany was the
1: hype man in A Knight's Tale. Yeah. He's not just the hype man. He's Jeffrey Chaucer.
0: Erlich von Lichtenstein. No, he's, dude, he's, he's a the hype
1: he, guy, dude. No, he's Jeffrey Chaucer.
0: Right. Yeah. No, that's right. Yeah. He's, he's no, but he's like,
1: he's like he's like Chaucer. Yes. You know the right his,
0: like, <laughs> which
1: Chaucer's I thought was canterbury, really which I thought Chaucer's
0: was, Canterbury Tales, right? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I thought yeah, was are those cool. actually as like erotic as they say, or just like erotic for the time? For the time i think that medieval
1: english writing is real hard to get through um
0: i i so you well i guess um well not even english is, writing
1: that whole time period cuz i don't know if that's
0: much i was going to say that that stuff much older i was thinking like oh you know i read mary shelley's frankenstein in college and it was actually like so fucking ripped
1: i read don quixote and that wasn't that'd be hard? I slogged my way through that. You're talking that book was published uh, in 1600. I have a chil- I
0: have a children's book version I bought for the kids, and it's pretty good. Yeah. You should. Uh, you can read that one. <laughs>
1: uh, I got a lot out of it. Uh, so uh, Canterbury Tales was 1387. Don Quixote was God, six, That's so old. Was 1605. Um, and uh, God, those are terrible. It's a sl- I mean, they're great. They're great, but.
0: I mean, they had to inspire everyone else to write in a way that made sense later.
1: Don Quixote was a lot to get through. That that took a lot of brain power um, to sit down and, like, pay attention to how it's written. It's not like – I mean, it would be like reading a Michael Crichton novel when you were 12.
0: I tried no, uh, to re- – I, t- I actually tried to read Congo when I was – Ten because I really wanted to see the movie when it was coming out, and that was pretty difficult. Mm. He's one
1: of those. He's one of those that just does a really good or Tolkien. It'd be like reading Tolkien uh, because they're just so. You know, they spend six pages describing the one flower in the field. Well
0: <laughs> That's the thing about like George R. R. Martin. Yes. And, like, the, so with him, it's always the, he will go like three pages into the feast, like just. The way, like the the moit glistens of juices, but like for three sentences. Mm. Speaking of which, I I I like had a wild hair at my ass yesterday and looked up like when is the winds of winter coming out? And still could, hasn't. Could be next year. Mm. Could be. It's been maybe
2: five years from now. Then
0: it's been twelve years since uh, Dances with Dragons. I think is the last one.
2: Yeah. It's a it's a big sore spot for the community. Uh,
0: the, well, yeah, the community, because the <laughs> well for the yeah, the, game, the Game of as well. Thrones community. I just picked up. <laughs> well, I just picked well, up for the the, al- uh, for the alphabet as well.
1: Yeah. yeah, I picked up Stephen Graham Jones's uh, sequel. Uh, Don't fear the Reaper. That was the sequel to My Heart Is a Chainsaw. are you liking it. So I sat down. I've only read. I've only had it for. Let's see, I bought it on like Friday thursday friday last week um i started reading it tuesday monday or tuesday this week i don't know i'm halfway through it in three days um oh that's a good sign yeah well one because i've got a kid and i'm i still have another week off of work um and so i've just like dedicated myself to finishing books um not bad yeah so it's it's really good it's written a lot did you read my heart Is a Chainsaw? Yeah, I did. Okay, so you know how it, Aaron uh, I know we'll take this as a brief aside cuz I know you don't read this
0: kind of It's a little bit of an unreliable narrator in that book, yeah, so but she I doesn't it.
1: it it still has that like it still has the um it still has the main story with the alternating chapters of two or three pages of yeah. somebody else talking. Uh, but it's a lot more bearable to get through the alternating narrator. Uh, than it was yeah, trying he, to read her her book. He reports. struggled
0: a bit in that one. I was like, I don't know if I. Lo- I know it was it was good. There was a lot of merit, but I was like, mm, you know. this Aaron. This guy's kind of a this guy's a really cool author because he's he's from Texas.
1: Um, he's a Texas-born author, and I believe he still lives in Texas. Every I'm pretty sure he's like in Colorado now. Oh yeah, he's in Colorado. That's what it was. But he's from Wimberley? It was it's in the, the acknowledgements of the last book. I think he's from Wimberley.
0: Oh, okay, Whim- that's cool. Um, Wimberley,
1: yeah. But all of his books that I've read take place in either Idaho or North Dakota or South Dakota.
0: Because they're typically, uh, and they're always uh, focused first around, nation. Yeah, they're always focused first nations folks, and that's where there's a huge concentration. So that makes sense. Yeah. So because I
1: think, and yeah. I think in um, the only good Indians that was Blackfeet. And Sue. I
0: really liked that book. It was weird and trippy, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah,
1: I think that was Blackfeet and Sue, and then I think I can't remember. Um, I can't remember the tribe. the The tribe of the main character is not pertinent to the novel for these last two, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, Aaron, it, it's re- he's one of those. I don't know how to explain it. It's just really cool because he's from he's from Midland. I'm sorry. Um, and he's Blackfeet yeah. as well, uh, but
0: all of his stories take place in like North
1: Dakota, South Dakota, Idaho.
0: I just um, I just read a book that so I picked up a Larkin and, and you know I thought it was gonna be kind of because it was in the uh, like the horror section there, and there's their their sections kind of weak. I need to be better about leaving them suggestions, but you know I picked it up because uh, the cover kicked ass. And I googled it and had great reviews. And so, as I'm reading it, like I kept thinking something was going to happen differently, but then I got sucked into it. It's called a sundial by Courtiana Ward. And uh, it was so it ended up being kind of like a hodgepodge of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein in a way. Okay. Uh, In a way. but what really drew me to it is because it was based out in the Mojave Desert, which is where I was born. So I'm <laughs> like, okay, I will give anything a go. The old Mojave, it's based out of there. Oh my God! You know, I, just a hellhole in the world. <laughs> I was like, all right, let's 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 take let's see their take. Yeah, it, it when, sucks
1: out there. When you Google Stephen Graham Jones, uh, Paul Tremblay is one of the authors that pops up. Um, like and recommended. He's, That's he head full, rips. Yeah, the head full of ghost.
0: Head Full of Ghosts is great. Um, cabin at the End of the World is good, even though the movie kind of sucked.
1: highly recommend, I'm trying to think, there was a book that I was reading when we were in Korea, Aaron, that was, um, oh, The Girl with All the Gifts. Um, so if you haven't seen the movie, read the book. Uh, oh, is that good? Y- oh, yeah. Yeah, I bought that. Okay. The da- so I bought that the same time I bought the uh, that, that uh, vampire series I sent you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really good. The the Guillermo del Toro novels. Yes. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Oh. Uh, the uh, the Strain.
1: The Strain. Yeah. Enough about us. You guys lost me there. It's all right. It's it's books. No, I, it's good. So my goal uh, is uh, today. I
2: want to I want to do like a Louis L'Amour stage of ooh, my life. Yes, I have. But a couple. I think I might I might be getting too old for it now.
0: So you need. No, to you're probably the right age for Louis L'Amour. Now what you really want to do is Larry Larry McMurdy. Yes. I want you to fucking read Lonesome Dove because it will fucking blow your your dick off. So he isn't uh. he
1: also the one who wrote the uh last picture show? Nope. Fucking fantastic. Who am I thinking of? The guy that wrote the like the sagas, the eight hundred another another Paul Bobby drop. How about
2: Master and Commander with Paul Bettany and Russell Crowe? But I've Master and Commander seen was that, actually a fucking I keep book series, to. and there was like Fight was a Louis L'Amour series where there, there was like twelve of these books, novel where by they all Patrick took place on the O'Brien.
0: Patrick I've, O'Brien. I have heard Master and Commander is a good movie. I have not seen that.
2: I can't believe you haven't seen it. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. Anytime so I think Russell Crowe, i was always... super surprised.
1: I always think Russell Crowe in uh, South Park where he's doing the fighting around the world. Fighting around the world. (laughs) (laughs) Is a 1969 nautical historical novel by the English author Patrick O'Brien, first published in 69 in the U.S., 70 in the U.K. Proved to be the start of a 20-novel series. 20 novels? Which what continued was, uh, working jam- on until his death in two thousand. This is like the nautical version of uh, uh, James James you'll, Bond. You'll uh, there
0: you you'll know, know this. You Who's the guy who did the uh, like a million novels on the alternate history of the Civil War, like Turtledove or something? Whoa! You know what I'm talking about.
1: No, uh, the the ones so the, I'm thinking of are yeah. There's a guy who wrote like, and stuff like that, but that was only like. There's a, a guy book. who
0: wrote a million and books. There was
2: about a guy that I read alternate history by. of. He the was doing alternate histories. You know, it was like you do historical events, but the reason the thing that was attached to the historical event was a paranormal event. So it was like oh. shackled, Shackleton's cruise up into Antarctica. And there's well, a Yeti.
1: <laughs> so did well, the Michael
0: have that with that, that book The Terror the a little bit. That's the terror.
1: I, that's, uh, well, and then, that's the guy. Well and then Philip K. Well, Dick Well that's supposed to be really good. Philip K. Dick it did it good. with Man in High Castle um, Yeah it's,
0: okay, I'm look it's worth it. I'm pretty sure so it's like a whole alternate Harry Turtledove? Yeah. Al- alternative yeah. Confederate turtle history. One of
1: them. No, The Guns of the Hair South turtle by Harry do- Harry Turtledove. You're like, you
2: know what I would really like to see? Dragons,
0: yeah, yeah, this is it. So
2: dragons like, plus World War Two. So Tom Hanks and a Tommy gun riding a dragon to go so kill this, Hitler.
0: Yeah, this dude did a whole like if the CSA had actually uh, split off and it worked essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I've never read any of these books, but I remember seeing them in, like Barnes and Noble when I was a kid. He's just so he's he's a. He's an edge lord from the seventies. That's what he is. Yeah, like you know, big big war of northern aggression guy. But then I think late because I remember like reading the back because there's like a million of these. So like I'm just like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Like going like book to book, and like by book ten or thirteen or some shit, all of a sudden it's they're at, they're in World War Two fighting the Nazis. <laughs> I I so, highly recommend
1: so. I highly recommend yeah. you read "The uh, Man in the Iron" or "The Man in the High Castle." Um, one, Phil- grab any Philip K. Dick book. Uh, have you read He's any? Good. Have you, uh, Aaron? Have you read any Philip K. Dick? So, "Man in the no. High Castle," um, uh, do "Androids Dream of Electric Sheep," which is, of course, Blade Runner. Um, That's <sighs> on on my girlfriend's
2: book club list. Coming up, as a matter of fact. Androids as uh, uh, Dreaming of Sheep.
1: Yeah, so incredible. Um, highly recommend it. But Man in the High Castle is... Oh, he did a Scanner Darkly. I forgot he did a Scanner Darkly, too. Yeah. Um, the, oh, wow. Yeah, and I assume you've seen that that movie with... Uh, uh, maybe once. Whoa, I mean, with Keanu Reeves. It's the one that right. they filmed, and then it's they it. drew over every single frame. Um, right. Yeah, so, I highly recommend that you read uh, Man in the High Castle. Because this is one of those that they um, they Game of thrones it. Amazon Prime Game of thrones it. Where you read the novel, and then you get to the end of the novel, and you went, huh. Okay. And then you go watch the show, and you're going, man, they're moving along pretty quickly here. Like, How did they make however many seasons of this show? And I think they made I think they made like three seasons or four seasons out of this. You go, how did they make um, several seasons out of this? And then you get to end of season one. You go, wait a minute, and then you can see where they just Game of Thrones it because you go, they're just hey making man, I'll say, I'll say they're this. just making I was stuff pretty up. Pretty happy
2: now. with the way they uh, built out seasons one, two, and three for the Game of Thrones to to book compared <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did four they seasons. They would have to take some some liberties in there, but man. You know, all in all, not too bad. Well, they even, I, I about, you, they even talk
1: about they even talk about because there was a point where the show caught up with the books, and he wasn't producing the books fast enough. So they went, "Oh, we're just going to take our own creative direction here." Um, but the problem with this one is they they took a <laughs> this book is not long. Um, we're talking the book is like two hundred pages, two hundred fifty pages maybe. Um, and then they did the whole book in one season, and then they made three more seasons. Like, what?
0: Huh? Anyway. Dude, that's wild. Man. Sorry, I had to z- zone out. Um, we have a new addition to the family. but uh, You got a new dog and, or a new cat? N- fuck. God damn. No, no. We in this in this house, no new additions, because that's, that's a rule going forward is no new additions. Oh. <laughs> but um, uh, Jenna and Michael just had their baby.
1: Oh, oh, Nice. Yeah, moment. yeah,
0: she's uh, yeah, uh, no, a little while ago, but um, so they had the baby, and that's great. Uh, she's got a little bit of an infection. She's going to niku right now. I just got that update. Oh, that's that's not okay. Good. Yeah, I mean it'll be fine. They have like the best um, the best folks imaginable at the Niku in, in St. David's. I mean, we Connors and Niku and those those people are incredible, and they will get their little baby girl very healthy as fast as possible yeah
1: well my baby was normal and we were out in 24 hours (laughs) i was hoping your baby is definitely (laughs) average it is
0: i was hoping i was hoping that for them too uh they went in wanting to push but it just like just nothing you know just wasn't opening that's why we induced yeah i don't know they tried to do that she just wasn't working so they had to do a c-section oh you know that's okay that's what we had to i mean but also it sucks that uh she, her body is probably trying to recover from attempting a natural and then doing a C-suite. Oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. sense. Hmm. Uh,
1: we're already going off the rails. So both of you had, well, Aaron's week I was, was more. Steer there. Aaron's week was more exciting um, than Cody's week, and definitely more exciting than my week. But Cody's weekend was more exciting than my weekend. It kind of stepped down. So Aaron had the most exciting week. Cody had the most exciting weekend, and then I was just here. Um, so who wants to go first?
0: Uh, yeah, mine's going to be short of an Aaron, so let me go first, then I want to ask Aaron all about just like logistics of his whole deal. So, you know, uh, this past Sunday, I ran the uh, I right, don't fuck it up, at the Statesman Cap 10K and uh, so that was in Austin, obviously, and it was a wonderful ten k. Uh, you get down there, and you start on the Congress Bridge, and you run all the way to the fucking Capitol. You hook a right, and then all of a sudden you are like, "Oh shit! Austin is only hills now." So <laughs> you are doing like kind of like a tiered climb. It's like cr- you, hit, you hit, crossed over you whole a toilet. hill, and then you settle out you're like, "Oh, thank God!" And then you hit a dip, and you are like, "Oh fuck! I gotta get up." So. Yeah, there's a lot more hills in Austin than one uh, realizes. Um, super fun race, uh, you know. Good goals. End up running like six point five miles, which you know. Following that, I'm like, I could do seven now. I'm pretty sure. You know, whatever. I'll try it.
1: <laughs> that's I, when when we were running together all the time in 2020. That's how I ended up just like knocking out eight miles and ten miles and thirteen. this because I'd finish a Five miler and realized I still had another mile left. I went, Oh, I That's could just do a 10k. And then I started doing 10ks every other run and went, I could just do seven. And then I started doing sevens and eights and I went, I could do a 10 yeah. miler. And like you just condition yourself. And then all of a sudden, it's I tried to where I was at, dude. I was well, like, Dude, ah, you like, know. Let's, let's let's pause
2: on that moment and just be super excited at how cool it is when you're like, Man, I can I can keep doing this stuff and I can keep pushing the gas on it.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely walked away from that race like wanting to do more of that. Uh, certainly, that event. I don't know if I, I really don't see myself attempting a half until the kids are out of my fucking house and in uh, elementary school. <laughs> but I, I think that is something I might entertain in a few years. Uh, for now, I think 10k is probably my ideal uh, format. Like I, I personally think a 5k. It's fine. I can I can do those any day without really thinking about it. I am not fast at them. I am not great at them, but I feel attacked. I can do them all day. I feel it's attacked.
2: fine. You've earned a beer.
0: It's fine. It's a five k. Like I don't know. Like I really felt like with the ten k, I was challenged. I did want to. I actually had like my second best ten k time ever on in Austin, which is much more hillier than Georgetown. Like the the trip, well, at least the route I use in Georgetown so like you know i walked away feeling pretty good about all that so that, that was cool um the event was pretty pretty dope so i ran it with my mom and you know kind of like two of her friends so I, like i say ran it with like i was in group b i started like 20 30 minutes before them it's so, like that's just how all that were they they do it based on your self-reported um time you know your mile time or whatever or your pace time i'm sorry yeah, so, like, you know, we all went together, and then I waited for them after the race. So I ran it, came back. Um, even in Group B, like, there's so many people I finished in front of me that all the lines for, like, the free shit were just fucking wild. So I went straight to the section with the uh, free beer. Uh, if you want to call Michelob Ultra a beer, even their amber, I had one, and it was fine um, after a race. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, so I had a beer there and then waited in line for a uh, a free cucumber mojito thing from Tito's nice. because they were a sponsor as well. And uh finally my mom finished and her her cronies finished and at that point I'm like, "Hey, let's go grab some food." And so I took them over to Bangers uh on Rainy Street, Dude, which-
1: that place is dope. I used to it's right next to the uh, tap house there. Um, well, the tap
0: house isn't there anymore. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> on the corner of. Well, the Bangers Tap House is there. Like, no, no, no. And they've actually there have. There should have been tap
1: a tap house. house at the very south side of Rainy.
0: Um, oh, brother! It's gone. It's a it's a condo. No. <laughs> I'll I'll send you pictures <laughs> of uh, what oh, yeah. Rainy Street looks like now.
1: I mean, it was always there's a few places. It was always there's houses. a few places.
0: Yeah, but um, now they're like high rises the entire i'll show i'll send pictures uh it's so we part so the parking lot i've always parked at so those in the audience not familiar in austin Just uh, at probably at the tail end of my college year so 2009 2010 this little strip of like old homes in austin all of a sudden became bars it wasn't sixth street it wasn't the warehouse district it's it, was it was right was there kind of off the lake and 35 and all these old bungalow style homes sort of became one of the bars is called bungalow. <laughs> like all these old style homes became bars. Oh, and shit. that was great. So it was like a cool little place. Like I, um, one place was called the black heart, Blackheart Black was my there
1: jam. On, that was a whiskey bar.
0: Love black heart. Cause you can go there on a Thursday and there's this dude, and his name is Mrs. Glass. And he could fucking play the blues guitar as if, he had met the devil at some crossroads in East Texas. Like he was phenomenal. Like, ah, oh, like I didn't even like know I liked that kind of music. But you walk in and it's just like some guy wailing on a guitar with this like gravel. I love a I love a gravelly voice, much like a uh, Patterson Hood's voice, Aaron. Yeah. Just that mm-hmm. like this guy's just been gargling glass. <laughs> you know, love That's that kind nice. of voice. So it's this guy just like. Jamming a guitar and this just voice. Yeah. So Blackheart and then Bangers came along and they were kind of like a, mul- <laughs> you know, gigantic taps. But then they also specialized in uh, like sausage and shit. Bangers. Yeah. So Bangers know, like was English Bangers. So sure.
1: Bangers was garbage. There was it, like in the height of Rainy Street. Bangers was not the right. place to go.
0: There was. Um, so I'm looking at Blackheart. Mauer, um, which is uh, still there. Luster Pearl is gone. Eisenhower still so's Lester Pearl, Oak. Do you remember the name of the bar that they split in half and moved to East Austin?
1: No, but I do remember on the top they had one that was it was a split bar. You had upstairs and downstairs.
0: Um, well, it's wild. It's like I used to like Clive, and and it had the backyard Mescal bar. Yeah, I don't know. If, that, that's and shame. Then, so now, so Ms. Clive is still there, but they've added like. A stilts on top of it and built another like house above it it's really strange looking i want to do i want to open a which bar which is wild so clive clive managed to stay in rainy street but container bar a clear just commercialization of rainy bar or rainy street went away before like clive or bangers or eisenhower's which was mind-boggling to me
1: i still want to do a place uh the um edison city is probably one of like my favorite places out of state i've ever been to it's just a really cool it's just such a cool vibe um because it's not a tap house like it is a tap house but it's not a tap house um you just go in there and you get your beer i don't even think do they charge a corking fee Uh, if you drink
2: a few things change about that place that place sold oh no oh yeah, it's it's it pretty cool, man. Did they charge they, uh, a corking they sold fee? A couple times over, like
1: when was that? I said, did they charge you a corking fee whenever you uh, pulled a beer out of the fridge?
2: Uh, they did not yeah. at the time. Yeah, yeah. So you you get pretty loaded for pretty cheap. Um, tip your bartender, of course. But uh, no, it used to be like that. I remember that. Um, not doing that anymore. But uh, at any rate,
0: dang. Yeah. Yeah, so did did that. Um, I had a giant stein of, uh, I think it was just like Pine House's lager, which is fine. Uh, I panicked. But they do do a stein of fucking uh, mimosa. So it's an entire bottle of champagne, like a splash of orange yes. juice there. I saw some, some dudes like trying to get their way through that. I'm like, oh, I'd ha- that's the first time I ever had their brunch. And I've got to take Brittany down there. I had bacon steak with like eggs and some of the best sourdough toast I've ever had. So I owe her a trip down there. Um, yeah, so we did, did, uh, did bangers. And then I took him over for a quick beer and pretzel over at Schultz's garden, which is one of my favorite spots in Austin. Like for me, that's a must do in Austin. Yeah. So that was my Saturday. It was pretty good. And, uh, went home and tried to take the kids out, but, little fuckers are toddlers that their own opinions you take them someplace and rather than playing in the entire yard at barking armadillo they only wanted to stand on the railing in the brewery room at barking armadillo so we had to leave uh-oh i was like like come on man Trouble you gotta in you gotta come out and he's like no i'm like glad you're saying no now instead of just screaming but uh can't be in here Dangerous, and then yeah. So it's like, all right, guess we're fucking out of here. Dang, (laughs) that's that's where you.
2: The brewery is the uh, the playpen at McDonald's.
0: Well, that particular brewery has like a bay open, and people like go in and out of the tap room from it. And I don't know, like he's fine; he wasn't doing anything wrong in there. But it's one of those we that's not where you want to be. There's this whole outdoor area. And he's refusing to do it. So it's, we give him chances and like, all right, well, we now have to go because you're not listening. Comes at oh, you fast, sucks. JM. Comes at you fast. Yeah, yeah I can't like, wait. Have a beer. But luckily, I've only got one of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it makes it easier. Makes it easier. Yeah. Yeah, so my little goons have been like basically like on and off sick for two weeks. So it's been, it's not been great. Um, but we'll get through it. There's been some really sweet moments that's been that uh, keeps the old fire burning for'. Them. We only like packed their bags to drop them off at the firehouse once. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so with all that oh, said, man. uh yeah, I guess to wrap up my deal. It's like I want to run more 10 ks. um I've been sort of looking at more to run. I don't really want to run more in the summer of those, like competitively but uh there is in november shiner puts on like a half marathon but they also have a 10k so i'm thinking of doing like the shiner 10k in like um, late november
2: yeah you just go out to shiner texas and
0: yeah and they, like it's all it's at the brewery so you you in the brewery there's sausage there's beer like that sounds fun sure like i don't want to like go to some like money grab 10k like yeah i ran 10 gra- 10k and I got, like, the world's dumbest T-shirt imaginable. Like, fuck that. Like, I'll I'll pay to race somewhere cool, and it has, like, an interesting deal going on. Yeah. I'm, I want to make it, like, a, an event. Like, I'm not going to get Brittany to drive to Leander because I'm running a 10K, but if we go to Shiner, we'll all go, you know?
2: Yeah. I like it. Family trip.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so, Aaron, you had the... Belgian waffle race and I was telling my mom about it on Monday she was over uh hanging out the kids and so tell me about the origin of this because she said growing up because she's from you know she's from Southern California as well that her parents would take her to San Diego to a place called the Belgian waffle and that's what they're known for is Belgian waffles so did this race start out like by those people, like um, really was it founded that. by them?
2: I don't know who founded it, um, but it's but called the Belgian
0: Waffle Race, right?
2: Yeah. So the Belgian Waffle Ride, it kind of takes its origin from, uh, basically, like the Spring Classics. So if if you're in Europe yeah, right now,
0: I read that it is one of the only European-style races in America.
2: Yeah. So and I think something that's really defining about cycling and cycling culture, especially in Western Europe, is that the spring classics are some of the, some very revered events that that take place. Uh, So you have the Tour of Flanders uh, and the Paris-Roubaix would be big examples of this. I think Tour of Spain could be considered a spring classic as well, but what they are, are uh, road events that lead into cobblestone events, and then oh. there are portions where there are also um, gravel sections, and you, they take you through these countrysides. Um, you know, Flanders, Belgium. Uh, the Perry Roubaix takes you through some Dude, of the countryside. A
0: cobblestone race would be some shit.
2: It's pretty amazing, man. Um, so, um. The guy that started the, the BWR in the States had this idea that he would borrow from the Spring Classics in Europe and bring it to the States. So you're going to put uh, Pro-Am Racers, and you're going to mix in gravel and road uh, cycling, but we're going to do it in the style of uh, y- you know the U.S. And something that we have in the U.S. that, that does make us stand... Out in terms of the cycling Guns. community, oh, is the uh, we have intense mountain biking here. Mountain cycling is is super prevalent across um, across the states, and you have areas that have just different levels of intensity. In Southern California, it happens to have an environment that in April you can do road cycling, and it's going to be pretty pretty temperatures should be manageable. The
0: weather's probably fantastic.
2: Weather's probably fantastic, right? But then you can add in a lot of mountain biking as long as it.
0: spring melts happened in some of those places. San Diego no problem.
2: Right. So they're kind of doing that kind of thing um, so it's it's a long event, it's an all-day event. Uh, there's some mountain mountain biking that you're going to have to do and there's some mountain climbing that you're going to have to do as well so it was really I don't know Does does that answer your question about what the Belgian waffle is
0: yeah no like my mom's like oh yeah there's a restaurant we used to go to for Belgian waffles in San Diego specifically I'm like oh I don't know maybe like they started it but it does not sound like it but what a cool coincidence
2: right well they had Belgian waffles prior to the ride I didn't get one uh, That's the a ride post-ride in thing, San Marcos.
0: Because uh, I've had a Belgian waffle in Brussels, and I've got to tell you, they're magical. Like, Is it, that really like the
2: little sugar cubes inside of it.
1: No, no, no well, in this case, it was,
0: like I had one all, like from a street cart, so it probably wasn't as fancy as like some places, but waffles. it was a Belgian waffle with deep pockets and a mm. stack of whipped cream, like three inches high. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I could have
2: used a lot of those that day.
0: Yeah, like that, that honestly probably would have been fantastic post ride. Get some sugar in you,
2: dude. So, um, I'll tell you a little bit about the ride, but like, um, BWR had all of the pros that kind of inspired me or educated me through the start of the cycling process. And that's just a lot of like, uh, YouTube influencers, those people who are out there. Yeah. And then pros, that you learn about through the grapevine of just kind of, you know, keeping up with your YouTube uh, whatevers, right? So, um, Jeremiah Bishop, vegan cyclist, or a.k.a., uh, or Tyler Pierce is his name, but he's also known as vegan cyclist. Uh, Isabel King um, was out there as well. Peter Stetna. So, the field was stacked. They had a lot of that going on, but just as amazing was the the community so the community did all the volunteering to to help put up the event and um if you weren't putting up the event a lot of the community was just out in their front yards banging their uh, cowbells like you would watching the perry-roubaix the tour of flanders or even you know like a, a tour de france so you know like you're out there the entire event is is, is sponsored um canyon sponsored the event so so my bikes are made by canyon they worked on them which was amazing they fixed them for us uh before we went out riding and then the community is like drinking beers from the side of the road watching you ride by and encourage you dude that's pretty being cool encouraged. that feels european right right and you know like up until the very end like i remember somebody just yelling from the side of the road pick your head up because it was another hill. Oh my god! That's oh cool,
0: geez. but like around the area, they like get into it. That's pretty dope. Uh, they have the same thing in Austin. Like there's just folks like on their lawn chairs who are running through like old Clarksville, just like drinking mimosas in the morning. I'm like yeah. So like, when I did yeah, not yeah, when cool. I did nine Megan, it was a lot like
1: that. As you're going through these, as you're going through 100 miles in four days, uh, you're going through all these towns and people are sitting on their, people are sitting in their what? front lawns. What? I did nine, Megan. What? Nine? What? Nine, Megan. Like the what's that? The famous city in the Netherlands, Nine, Megan. The the one that the the Nazis captured the four bridges and the Canadians and the Americans liberated the four bridges going into the city that were. And so it's a race or a march? No, it's a hundred. That's the four day foot march. You go over the four bridges. Foot march. Yeah, you go over the four bridges that were liberated by the. Allies during is, World is War II. Is this like
0: Operation Market Square or whatever? Uh, maybe no, because that one that one failed. Market Garden. Interna- yeah Market Garden. International Four Days Marches. Nijmegen. Oh, it's the oldest city in the Netherlands. Um,
1: yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, the Four Day March, but it was the same deal. Like you're going through. So it's a cloverleaf formation, and each day you go through these four bridges, um, but you're going through the towns and like. Aaron and Cody, like y'all said, it's the people are sitting out there. They're giving you beer. They're giving you food. They're cheering you on. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I got to see windmills. It was dope. Yeah, there's a lot of that out there.
2: Some of the really funnier stories that happened from that day were like me learning how to ride my bike on um, single track, which just means like I was riding my all road bicycle on mountain bike trails. Um, I had stomach cramps really bad. That was that was pretty fucked up. There was a point <clears throat> during the race where they said you can um you can make a right and you can you can continue following your route or you can make a left, which is for all of the people that are doing the easiest route. And I remember being like, This is mile twenty. How <laughs> is like I still have forty. And you had fifty more, right? Or, or, or yeah, fifty five more to go. <laughs> You know and they're like, well, turn around here, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, I was like, like, I looked over at my riding buddy and I was like, somebody's gonna die today, and it's not gonna be me. Love it.
0: <laughs> so, did you go left or right?
2: <laughs> so, I went right and I went and rode that motherfucker out, man. And, like, on that single track portion, like, my my wrists were being shook to all hell, my shoulders were sore and uh you know I, I crashed once oh, somewhere no. in there. Whatever, dude. Like <laughs> it wasn't bad. You just kind of like roll over basically and you're like, "Okay, that was I didn't know what I was doing or whatever." Um and then, you know, you make friends along the way. There's there's the guy that I met and one of his close friends lives up in Seattle. And I I was like, well, you know, if you're ever up in Seattle, I don't know if your buddy rides, but I do. He goes, my buddy doesn't ride. If I come up, I ride with you. And I was like, yes.
0: Dude, that's awesome. That's that's really cool.
2: So there's a lot of camaraderie out there. And um, there's just a lot of encouragement. The event had uh, seven stops for my race, which was the mid-tier. And then... Um, when you cross the finish line, they know your name, and they announce it over the speakers kind of thing, right? And then they, they give you a commemorative beer. They they took, uh, you know, hundreds of pictures.
0: What kind of beer did you get?
2: Dude, is a beautiful, like, um, barrel-aged uh, Belgian-style saison.
0: Oh, all right. Yeah. I, like, just, they, um, they, hit, I just, they hit you with uh, something substantial. I just finished a the
1: saison, a uh, saison de lit. It's a Belgian style ale brewed with chamomile Beautiful. flowers. Oh, chamomile. It's really good. Yeah. I'm. I'm venturing do, you feel cal-
0: do you feel calm and
1: relaxed after that? I, I do because now I'm drinking my strawberry burst, which is a pale ale with strawberry and vanilla. Ooh.
2: Hey, I've got a mars in right now.
1: Up next I have need. up next I have a Vin- vienna style lager with maple syrup added. It's called beer for the top shelf because it's a hockey themed one.
0: There That's you go. Cool got through all my whiskey. <laughs>
1: Aaron, k- keep going because it's, I, I'm enjoying no, no, listening
2: this is
0: about the, this. This is I, I'm, I'm liking this too,
2: dude. So, um, so I made friends with a couple guys, uh, this older gentleman from Austin. As a matter of fact, a guy named Matt. Matt and dude, Island. Matt. Yeah, you know oh. Matt, fuck, a white guy named Matt with a canyon. Oh. Matt,
0: the canyon. So
2: this guy has Matt that Weaver was that in I San got, Diego, huh? Right, and uh, so so me and him are, are like buddy up on day one, and then we meet up again on day two. And I was like, Matt, I didn't know you're gonna make it, man. You look like you're gonna die yesterday. He's like, you know, fuck you, pal. No, none of this happened. Point is, we had matching bikes, and we ended up riding together for for a good portion of the uh, for the race. Um, there was my favorite portion of the whole thing we were coming through a valley and there were orchards just everywhere and we're riding on this um mixed use gravel path through the orchards and the orchards were orange trees and all the orange trees were in blossom or in bloom and so we're being just like blasted with the smell of orange blossom you know like big old fat oranges that i've never seen before you know um that was that was a big highlight another big highlight would have been um isabel king who's who's pro-am she came up behind me and she was like ride her back ride her back i i pulled over what does that mean somebody's coming up and they're coming up quick gotcha and they're going to overtake you so uh, you know i scooted over um And I looked up and I saw who she was and I was like, go is, go is. And she was like, thank you. But, um, you know, I I got to see a lot of the people I I look up to, like my Bishop and Isabel King, they were out there riding bikes. I made a lot of friends. Um, Matt and Colin, the, the final bits of the ride were, were, were pretty dicey. And the only reason they were was because I was so depleted. Um, I think the bike race was 75 miles and it was maybe it's it supposed to be 6,500 feet of climbing. Um, I haven't made any changes to my Strava, uh, to verify that or change it or whatever. Um, just to su- suffice to say, like it was, it was a pretty extraneous ride and I don't know how to manage the endurance Side of the house, so like the stomach cramps were were a big thing. And at the end, how did you dehydrated push through that? Did you just more.
0: nut up or what? Like, how like, do you manage to get through the stomach cramps?
2: Well, how do you hydrate more? You know, the stomach cramps. I pulled over and used like, "There's like a construction site," and I just ran to the bathroom salt. at the construction site.
0: Lots oh, of salt. Soon you st- when you see when you see stomach cramps, you mean you like you had to poop.
2: Yeah, but the, the stomach cramps never went away. Yeah. Salt, yeah, yeah, oh, even
1: after salt, salt.
0: How much? So, so, so interesting. So with these
2: long, drinking like sports drinks. No,
1: no. Legitimately, just just. So, take your one liter thing, um, and throw about four or five tablespoons of salt in that hoe, uh, a couple splashes of mio and water. <laughs> What's mio? Like the uh, flavor, just like the water flavor, just a little okay. bit of water flavor. Oh, to just
0: knock the salt. Uh, flavor. If you
1: want to go, like if you want to go all out, um, in your one liter, in your one liter squeeze bottle for endurance stuff. So uh, about four or five tablespoons, not teaspoons, about four or five tablespoons of salt. Um, uh, like one to two te- uh, one to two tablespoons of sugar, um, and then water. Uh, the sugar gives you the the sugar on the road gives you the for endurance stuff. Don't ask me how I know. I y'all know how I know. Uh, but the sugar will give you the stamina um, over that length, or will give you quick burst of energy. And the salt will replenish everything that you're kicking out. Um, yeah, it'll keep you from cramping too. Uh, cramps tend to be a lot of either. Um, cramps in an endurance event like that tend to be hyponutremia or dehydration uh either one is from a lack of salt <laughs> so yeah
0: I- so two questions uh, no no a statement and a question one your race sounds super interesting because it sounds like there's a lot of problem solving over the 75 miles like so that's no pretty No shit man so that's pretty interesting um that that's what i'm getting out of this is like each race is a problem to solve
2: yeah so that's that super would interesting as a an entry level cyclist is like well i'm gonna ride a lot of miles and you're like well what do you think is gonna fuck up first and you're like well i'm probably gonna pop a tire and then you go through that problem set and you figure out like did that, that happen works so i had zero mechanicals man oh dude that's zero. great that's right? awesome yeah yeah, bike was beat the shit, but like, yeah, and, you're right. And so Rob's my right. Uh, my
0: my question is, so when you peed after this race, what color was it? Uh, dollars to donuts, it was going to be brown or a like, very the dark. The color, yellow. Uh, my whiskey's gone, but like, would it be like the color of a whiskey? Yeah, Oh, 100 yeah. percent. Okay, hundred percent. So I've only peed that. I've only peed that color one time, and it was after my only. Morning, afternoon at Oktoberfest. Well, it's because you. It's because you flushed your. It's because you flushed your system.
1: Like hundred yeah. percent, it's because your system was flushed.
0: Uh, yeah, I've only peed the color one time, but I had a feeling everything you said. Your pee probably was yep. the same color as mine back in two thousand ten in uh, Munich. And Aaron, if you really if not you, from beer, just
1: from like, if you want to be super efficient about it, your water needs to be about the same temperature as your body, um, so it needs to be hot. Because it takes. Yeah, I mean that's that's how I
2: prefer to drink it. If if I have to like be worried about guzzling it down, then I don't want it. Like I need my water to go down easy.
1: Yeah. So you want it it to be so it it would have been perfect to like throw it in a black um, sports bottle and have it on your bike, so it just cooked by the sun all day because it takes less takes less energy from your body. To convert it, um, it's having to use less of your body's energy to warm that liquid up if it's already about the same liquid. Uh, it's already about the same temperature, so it digest digests quicker. Here, let me give you some uh, some other pro tips about doing long
2: bike races, endurances uh, races. Um, bring water bottles that you don't mind throwing away. Oh yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. The course yeah. was littered with people's like bottles, but like my bike mechanic gave me some. Some cages for my bottles, and he's like, "Your bottles will never get ejected." And I was like, "You're goddamn right, they won't." But I really wish they would have because they were so caked with mud that, like, I don't know what I was drinking at the end. You're like, you take a swig <laughs> and then you spit, right? And you're like, you like no mm, that's water or mud." I don't know. And then you take a swig later, and you're like, "Oh, that was mud again." So i had, like my Gucci bottle from like favorite brewery, Seattle repre- representing shit, you know, like, like don't want to throw my- this away. Yeah. I can't throw this one away. And I, I, I like, I held the bottle up to a guy and I was like, Hey man, what are you going to do with this? And he goes, Hey, I'm a volunteer. And I honestly don't know. And I was like, I'm keeping it. <laughs> I was like, this bottle is worth so much street cred in seattle you know
1: <laughs> no, no
0: i feel that i was very very close to wearing uh that um holy mountain brewing shirt i told you i was gonna I, so i bought it like it came in the mail Fuck, and i love yeah, it dude. i was very close to wearing that for the race but Man, you go like, to
2: zilker brewing for a beer and they're like oh you heard of
0: holy mountain <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, oh, I love dude. Zilker. I was really close to wearing that shirt, but then I'm wearing uh, one of my uh, Liverpool kits just because they're like you hold them up to like the light, and the whole thing's porous. Like it's subtly porous. I'm like mm-hmm. I want something that's gonna breathe a ton. So I wore I wore one of those. Just today. run
1: without a shirt on.
0: Have you seen me shirtless? I'm not doing that. <laughs>
2: Just without a yeah, shirt. I want to throw up when I see a
1: shirt.
0: Listen, like person, I'm not out there to like. I I got a baby mama. I love her, but I got some pride. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got no. it, but I still no. like.
1: It's as soon as the temperature is above 55 degrees, the shirt comes off.
0: <laughs> I do feel like people I talk to yeah. are like you know. I talk to non-runners, and I'll be like. Oh god, it's fucking seventy. I don't want to run anymore. Like, what? No, it's great weather. I'm like, no, don't understand? It's fucking the hot. Perf- <laughs> the perfect running weather is about fifty-one to fifty-five. <laughs> yeah, because I can wear a crew neck uh, hoodie. Cause I can just. Well, no, or are you kidding no, me? No, like at, at, that 50, at fifty-five,
1: short sleeve shirt. That's yeah, at fifty-five. It's short sleeve shirt. At sixty degrees, the shirt is coming off. At yeah. I'm still, no, it, I, I'm, I still it, I'm still in day. shorts. I'm still in shorts in like thirties.
2: What I like to do, my my favorite season is I call it flannel daddy season, where you can like put my bib shorts on and then I put a flannel on top and then I can go roll out in the bike and, and I don't look like I got a beer gut. I just look no. like I'm a guy out
1: for a ride. No man, I, I will, in the thirties, I'm still in shorts. It needs to be there needs to be a danger no, of it's me snap, be super cold. It, there needs it, to be a danger of
0: me snapping an ankle before pants go on. There's one thing I, you know, learned from my brief stint in the military, and it was, like, they're almost psychotic, like, in, in off at least, they're psychotic, like, no, at this temperature, you cannot wear pants or a long sleeve shirt. And now I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I get that. Like, that makes sense.
1: Well, like, what, what you didn't get was standing around for an hour.
0: <laughs> that, well, yeah, no, like, once you're moving... Like oh yeah, everything they said made sense, but like the fucking hour to like form up in formation and go through dumbass like the bend and reach.
1: About the yeah, only thing like, about the only thing that I like cold weather stuff is uh, gloves uh, because i i lose a lot of I lose a lot of motivation when sometimes. My, when you get my like the,
0: You get the claw because yeah. it's so cold yeah you I lo- lose that a lot sucks. of
1: motivation when my hands go numb and then I didn't I I can't wear a beanie um no, I wear head I gets hot so I actually just bought uh, I bought earbands I bought like the sweatbands but they cover my ears because that's the other part where I lose oh. super motivation is where it just my ears get cold
0: I, that that was about my, my hands get me my ears don't necessarily. I don't know how but Aaron... Then, like, but after... after I have big ears.
1: I'm, I'm thinking of, like, Aaron's... When you're writing, because the wind chill sucks on my face, but I don't mind more a like, cold nose, dude, cold what mouth. what about, like, your...
0: What about your dong, Aaron? Like, you get that big dong.
1: Yeah, I was thinking more about, like, the face. Like, you're not... Are you going out with a baklava?
0: Oh, I, I imagine have. you're putting on, like, sunblock. Like, a heavy coating, right? Or nah? Yeah, no, I, I do that,
2: too. Um... Uh, but Baklava, I don't have one of those. I have a winter kit, so it's
1: um, it's
0: winterized pretty well. Well even this um, seventy seven mile ride or whatever you did, like was just like the wind oh, alone. So not much that chapstick. Bad.
2: How
1: much chapstick yeah. did you go through in
2: seventy seven miles? No, dude, I just I put on a lot of um, sunblock for the day. And then I had a, a sunburn like where my elbow I don't know how to describe it, but I had a sunburn somewhere, and it was in a weird spot, and you wouldn't have thought of it because I couldn't get, anyway.
1: That makes sense, because so, you like, you got the crevice of your arms are facing up all day yeah. long, so you've got it right there in the
0: crack right. of your arms. So yeah. just for like funsies, I looked up, uh, I don't know, I was like 10K's Big Bear, I I just a random place. So I found a 10K they run in, like, August in Big Bear, California, and it says the eleva- elevation gain is 1,200 feet. No, fuck you. Aaron's
1: elevation <laughs> gain, you came, you were at, like, a 2,000-foot elevation gain for this race, weren't you?
0: 2,000? Something like that. I was strolling through your Strava. The, the Cap City one was t- almost 300 feet in elevation gain, yeah, it was and super that cheap. seemed excessive. Yeah, it was twelve hundred. Oh, I'm
1: sorry, Aaron. I completely feet. lied. Uh, I was off by two thirds. Uh, Six thousand two hundred thirty-seven feet was your elevation gain. I was thinking of I was thinking of the ride the day prior, which was two thousand feet. Yeah, that was a good one too. Where uh, Cody went to college at in San Marcos. Yeah. Hey,
2: just so you know, that's that's one of the lowest moments I had.
0: Oh, this photo is like <laughs> he said it's like this is a man regretting all of his decisions.
2: There's a when I got to San Marcos after the ride was finished. Uh, so from Double Peak um, I got down the I got down the mountain on the gravel route and uh, I came up to a stoplight and it was like go straight and you go back to the start of the race and you're like, "All right, I know that's I know that's where the start of the race was. There's no way that they're going to make me go up a hill again. And then they made me go up a hill again. And I hung my head, and I was like, I wish my bike would die. I wish I would die. I wish none of this was happening to me. I wish I had made a, a left at the I want to go to the easy ride place. And Oh, fuck yeah. I was all fucking boo-boo-lipped, like, hanging my head, and some guy comes by me just fucking screaming on I was like, <shhh> like light speed, oh, right?
1: God. He's like pick your head
2: up! And I was like, okay.
1: I will! I love it. So that reminds me of the, uh, that reminds me of the my turkey trot I did because so I was out in Pinehurst and I know the area but I didn't know like where the route was. And so we get out and they, you see the start and you go, okay. And so the first thing we did was we went down. Right? Maybe 50 meters. You just, like, go down into a ditch. Well, I know what was that direction because that's where I parked. And I went, well, fuck, that's all uphill. Not a problem. I This is the start of the race. I don't care. Uphill, fucking whatever, right? And I know where I'm ending. That's fine. So it's uphill. And then it just keeps going uphill. And then it just keeps going uphill. And I don't look at my watch when I run. Like, I, I don't... The minute I glance at my watch, my times... Like, everything just stops because I've seen the distance. I've seen my pace. That and is I've, true. And I've either... I either know I'm ahead of pace, which means I can slow down, or I'm behind pace, which means I'm not going fast enough, so I'm just going to slow down because fuck it, what's the point? Or I see the distance and I go... Oh God! Well, I look down and I'm at a half a mile, and I go, "This is bullshit!" And all we've done is gone uphill. So finally, the race is finishing, and uh, I make a right turn, and I'm like, "Yeah, home stretch!" There's the there's the start finish line, and then I realize, and and I know it's downhill, which it, is great, which is great. And so I've been like thinks. all out sprint because I know it's downhill. And then I'm looking for the start-finish line, and they've got the road blocked off with arrows going to the right. And I went, no, 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 no. So where the start-finish line oh. is, they it was only like a 3.0. So they moved the start-finish line back up a hill 0.1 miles. And I've been dead sprint downhill for like a third of a mile now because I know where I'm at. It's so I hit this thing and I immediately have to do the, the drainage ditch swoop where you're like right back up into it. And I have to finish this like 0.1 uphill after I've been dead smoked and I go, Oh my God. So I'm, this is incurring in my mind as I prep to run my race tomorrow. Um, Because I know where it starts. And I know where it finishes. But I don't know which direction it ends in. So where it starts is actually where I park for uh, all my. Anything over four miles. This is the parking lot that I start in. Which is where this race is starting and finishing at. If you. The route that I run. If you're coming in that direction. How I finish. It's downhill. If. They go a different direction because it's just on a street. So if they go north, and st- so if I if I have to finish racing south, um, it's not just like a hill. It is a no-shit, pick-your-head-up hill <laughs> where you're going, no, 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 no. I don't want to do this. So I'll find out tomorrow which way they face me if I go, okay, well, any desire I had to run a good time is going to be out the window if I have to finish uphill <laughs> like I did. Okay, so
2: I'm not the only one that gets boo boo lipped when you have to go up a hill.
1: I don't like to finish no, uphill. I mean, I want to finish. I want to terrible. finish downhill or flat. I don't mind actually. If you look at probably if you look at my grade adjusted paces on my runs, you will see that my uphill pace is actually significantly better than my flat pace or my downhill pace because I lean into it really heavy. I smoke the dog shit out of myself, but I lean into it really heavy because I fucking hate hills and I just want to get it over with. I just don't want to finish. Like, I don't want to. I run negative splits. I don't want to finish uphill.
0: (laughs) Do you guys think I convinced Brittany to go to New Mexico for a 15K race for an anniversary weekend? Yeah. Um, You went to Colorado for your
1: anniversary a couple weeks or a couple years ago. Why not do that?
0: You know what? This is the same weekend as Trilingual this year, and you're going to that, and I want to try to go to that.
1: I need. Yeah, I need the date for that. We'll have to talk offline. i I know what it is, but I gotta look at uh, competition for Caitlin.
0: Yeah, damn it. No, this would be interesting. So it's a that they, they run a it's a it's called the new 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 Mexico enchantment run. There's a five K, a ten K and a fifteen K. I'm like fifteen K so what? A, that's a ten miler, isn't it? Fifteen 9. times point three miles. Fifteen times six point two? Yeah, it's like nine. I did the already did the Google thing. It's like nine point three two miles. It's like, oh yeah, Albuquerque. Everybody loves Albuquerque. Yeah. Santa Fe be prettier. Yeah, but uh, yeah, more than likely, I'm gonna try to do. Uh, if you're gonna make a trilingo this year, I I, I will. Uh, I'm trying to do that as well.
2: Dope.
0: What's the next 80. race, Aaron?
2: Uh, so next race um, I'll probably try to do something called Pacific Raceways out here which is just um, uh, a weekly occurring 5k version style race like we always have it you can accrue points if that's what you're going out here for like a little um, 15
1: miler or something like that
2: I think it might be closer to like 20-25 they DQ you as soon as you're no longer um, with the group but um, it's just a great place to go out there and and really run as hard as you can. Can you keep uh, up with the group? Have you done it? I've done it before. Um, but one of the guys that came down to San Diego, um, he had a, a really amazing finish time. I think he finished 29th in our age group out of a uh, 128 people. So, so Chris finished somewhere there in top 50. But... Um, i want to go out there with with him one of these nights just to kind of show some face and and let him know that like hey man like i'm not just out there to do endurance events and and have like really shitty times it's Just like the camaraderie is the thing that got me out there and um you know it, it's been a good place to, to meet friends and um, also meet people with similar interests um for so many years i met people in bars and the similar interests were just like getting fucked up so it's kind of nice uh to to meet folks that are like man we should just go out and recreate so trying to trying to go that direction a little more these days uh That's but cool. i do laugh because cody was like oh well you're like the bad boy the the cycling community you know you're like kind of like that that descriptor where you're like yeah I had six beers last night motherfucker and I'm out here doing this 30 mile ride with 3,000 feet of climbing or whatever. I call them like I see
0: Right? I am more observant than people give me credit for.
2: Crushing glizzies. But uh, yeah. Hey guys
1: you don't mind if I cut out of here early tonight do you? No. Uh, you got some bum ass meat in the grill. So yeah, so this motherfucker hops on pre-podcast and he's like, "Oh, just the man I want to talk to." Hey J.M., when you cook your uh, beer can or your yeah your beer can chicken, how do you do it? And I go, "I drink enough, I (laughs) drink enough beer in a can to forget that I'm
0: fucking eating chicken." That's how I do it. (laughs) So, uh, Aaron, before you go, check your chicken. It's been a long time since I've gotten roasted
2: for asking a stupid question. But uh, check your
0: chicken, not choke your chicken. That's later. But uh, before you check your chicken, um, did you – what's your rig? Did you buy the actual thing to, like, platform to stick the can in, or did you just, like, do a can up a chicken's ass?
2: Yeah, I thought maybe you guys would have been tired of listening to me, but uh, JM and I, we were getting all these things going. He roast me for asking him a stupid question. What the fuck would there, I, I know I a chicken, chicken recipe? I <laughs> – <laughs> put the chicken up, and the chicken starts dumping out all of the like.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude, there's a rig like for sure. Academy here in Texas, like I can go any day and buy it. But there's a you rig got a dick you got a
1: dick sporting goods here up there, right?
0: They should have that too, like in the we grilling do. section. Yeah. So it's like a it's got some counterweight to it, not a whole lot, but a little enough where it's got a rig, and anyway, then you put I took a couple swigs of Modelo. Can good call, yeah, you know. And then you so you get the can and it sets in there nicely and it sits upright. That's the way to go. Yeah, that's what I did at four
2: hundred and
0: twenty-five degrees in so, the oven or on a grill. Oven. Okay, okay. I've never done the oven before, so you have like a pan below to catch drippings. Right, well, solid. It's solid. It's print. drippings. Drippings.
1: Yeah,
2: I love you, Death there I just there's a there's a there's a fancy name for it. it's called. Uh,
0: uh, aju. Juice. Aju. <laughs> aju Aju. It's oh, aju.
2: Aju Aju is for beef, but well, for I... chicken it's called schmaltz.
0: As a uh, as vaguely German, we should never say aju.
2: Alright, guys. Jesus Good Christ. podcast. I'll catch you guys later. Alright, all right,
1: buddy. Hey, uh go go grab that chicken and uh, throw it in the trash where it belongs and go get Just a burger.
0: Grab it and then <laughs> wave it around
1: and then throw it in the trash. trash. Give it to the well actually give it to the dog. Just take all the bones out of it. Give it to the dog. Love you, buddy. Good night. Well, oh, wonderful. Uh, yeah, I mean, shit. I don't know what else,
0: what else there is left to cover anyway. Uh, oh, still, the, I love the fact all that we got to cover is like him figure out how to exit. I, so I can hilarious. kick him off. I think. Do no, I don't. <laughs> Watch this. <laughs>
1: I can remove gonna it cool. and it says remove him from the call Fill out an abuse no, report do it, or block gotta from this call has got to figure it out <laughs> It's just you click the red button Aaron Oh this is wonderful <laughs> We're just going to continue
0: to talk Anyway so everybody out <laughs> no, there in podcast I lane, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got three cores of beer I mean whatever Yeah it doesn't matter Um Oh, He figured it out. So I just want
1: to re- that was that was nearly painful. That was awful. Uh, you said you finished nine books so far this year. You're probably close to finishing your tenth.
0: Uh so I'm slogging through my tenth, and then when I'm at the gym, I'm reading another book. So oh, I need, to, do so, I need um, to go back.
1: See, I can't. I can't do that because I can't listen to music and read. That's also when I listen to my podcast.
0: Yeah, so, um, for funsies, I'm reading this book called Little Eve by the same author as that book I mentioned. Uh, if I did not mention the name of it, it's called Sundial, which is yeah, a really you good did. read. Yeah, really good read. Oh, I need to get uh, your kid's
1: birthday I, gift because I never got a made. I
0: didn't know what I was getting into, and so, like, that kind of kept me going. I was like, oh, where the fuck's the turn? And so, finally I got there, I'm like, uh,
1: I, I will
0: say that. Love that.
1: <laughs> I will say that about, um, my heart is a chainsaw. The turn, the fact that I have to yeah. wait until fifty pages to the end to get the turn. Right, um, the, Stephen. If you're listening to this podcast, I love I love your books, and I have a huge issue with the other Stephen who likes to wait till fifty pages <laughs> till
0: the end of his books to do a turn. Well, S- Stephen King is notoriously bad for finished. He's great at. Opening a book, building the world of the book, but he really sucks at sticking the landing. I just, I've, a lot of I've times.
1: noticed that with, uh, with Stephen Graham Jones's last two books that I've read, and I have no doubt that this one's going to be the same way. Um, it's, it's like, it's like riding a roller coaster. Um, uh, the first initial climb that that initial climb takes you forever, and then you get to the top. And you flip one page, and as soon as you flip that one page, you're over the crest, and it, like it just goes, it just goes and goes and yeah. goes and goes, and it's quick. Um, there are books which I appreciate that about, but there's also ones I, you know, I thought Paul Tremblay's, um, we already mentioned it on here, Head Full of Ghost. I Dude, like the thing, ones, I like the ones where it's a little more drawn out. Uh, the, you're there at the end, and you're like, oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, um, I really yeah. liked the, like the Neil Gaiman's um, Neil Gaiman's yeah, American yeah. Gods. I thought did a really good job of not just putting you on that roller coaster where it, it builds need to you up for
0: reread that.
1: It was your book that you gave me.
0: I know, and I bought another one, oh. <laughs> I bought another copy because I loved it so much. I and thought I, just, I, get, like,
1: well, I gave you that book back.
0: No, no I don't think you did. I so did I buying hundred percent. Maybe gave you did. I
1: don't know. I gave it maybe back you to you when I gave you the Only Good Indians.
0: <laughs> okay, that's fine. Um, Anyhow, yeah, so I am reading Little Eve, which is set in Scotland. It's a very slow world-building thing. I'm slogging through it. I'm gonna finish it. Um, but um, I'm also, I had started probably six, seven, eight months ago. I don't know how long ago, but it's like a nonfiction. It's called uh, Conquistadores, and it's a um, very well historically researched uh, nonfiction book on the conquest of the New World by the Spanish Empire. Okay. And so, like, right now, it, I'm, like, 170 pages into it. This is over a course of time because sometimes I just, like, put it... I'm, like, all right, I'm done with nonfiction. But um, right now, it's... it's uh, It is... Cortez? Yeah, it's Cortez. Hernan Cortez? I'm going to fuck this up because I've had too many beers. But, uh, you know, who who the fuck uh, took down the Aztecs? Montezuma. Was it Cortez?
1: Oh, motherfucker.
0: I'm pretty sure. (sighs) Uh... Anyhow, yeah, so it's Cortez, and he has made it to Noctilón, and he's taken Cortez prisoner at this point, but he's not overthrown. Yeah, yeah, so he's not overthrown the Aztecs yet. And it's just, like, it's very interesting. Like, so they're comparing letters from Cortes to uh, the Emperor of the Holy Roman Empire of this time, Charles V, and comparing that towards other tales of how this all went down, trying to, like, form a singular picture, which is pretty hard to do, obviously, because it happened, like, 1520.
1: All right. Well, I got I got the one I'm reading now lined up. You just sent me Forget the Alamo, so the goal is to finish. You should read it.
0: It was, um, it was a good read.
1: Uh, well, the goal is to finish Don't Fear the Reaper by Tuesday. Um, that gives me Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, half a Tuesday. And then my goal is to do Forget the Alamo between Tuesday and when I have to go back to work on May the
0: 1st. I think it rip through. Forget the Alamo. It's it's not a hard read. Um, I
1: have a really hard time with the the non fictions. Um, it's not I the think, format in which I, think, I enjoy to read to learn.
0: I think you'll get sucked in by the differences between like what we are taught in seventh grade history by whatever PE coach. Gotcha. Versus like, you know, closer to reality, and then I think you'll also find interesting. The actual so the book's called like, forget, but it's about the, the battle of the Alamo. They really talk about is the battle of how to tell the Alamo. Yes,
1: it's kind of like the episode that we did is talking about the historical accuracies of and, what and actually. That was happened. most
0: of my, and that book was most of my like points. Like you know, it's like it's folks um, fighting over whose story from the Alamo gets to be told, and and these authors because it's like four in one. And they try to, like, hey, like, we should do a holistic picture. Like, this, the Alamo wasn't just the Alamo. There's also dead Native Americans there from before yeah. the battle. So, it's interesting. Yeah. So,
1: that's my next book. The book after that, I still haven't finished the Mr. Mercedes trilogy, so I have the final book. Oh, really? I have the final book to finish. Like, I still have to finish so that one.
0: So, it's, oh, God, it's Mr. Mercedes, then it's Finder's Keepers, Finder's and Keepers, then and then... I don't What's know the third one. one. Dang, it, I read it.
1: Um I can't remember what it is. Didn't they turn it into a um
0: didn't they turn it into a show? They did. not I watched some of it and I thought it into w- watch. End was of watch. One. Yeah, so I have um, that I have that one. The, all three of those I felt were very good
1: books. Yes, yeah, and I love I love Stephen King. I don't keep up with Stephen King like you do because I don't think all of his work is viable. I think some of, I think the majority of it is, but I don't think he's one of the authors that I need to buy every book.
0: Um, he's the only mass, the way I put it is he's only a mass production author, but I buy every book he does.
1: Yeah. Um, and then after that, I,
0: th- and he only has so many, he's 75. He yeah. only has so many left.
1: Yeah. Um, and then after that, I think I'm going to rip through the rest of the Dune series um, I know, but I'm going to just do it. Uh, that's all I said. Was,
0: mm, that's all. That's yeah, all I, said. I think
1: I can do. My goal, and I've been really slacking, but the way we've got TJ going on his um, night cycle, um, my goal is 50 pages a day. And if I'm not reading 50 pages a day, then...
0: You know, you're I, talking.
1: You're talking. That's a book every ten days, and those are thick uh, novels. If you're reading, uh, yeah, 500 I'm not books. there. Fifty
0: pages a day. Oh, so Stephen King has a book coming up. Uh, no, it's a movie. Okay, so his next book is Holly, based off of uh, the Finders Keepers. So that's cool.
1: Well, what did he do? The
0: I read his last one, um, Fairy Tale. I may go then,
1: back and read the Harry Bosch novels because I truly enjoyed those. Um, the bu- the series on Amazon's good. Yeah, so that's based off of right. books, right? right? And I, I mistakenly picked one up when I was in Romania or something like that and loved it. Um, so I may go back to do that. There's there's books that I need to go buy um, that I've read several times that I bought on, like, Kindle for 99 cents. And I, I love the book so much I feel like I'm not doing the author justice. <laughs> but yeah for sure um there's I'm also running out of room here at the house too. we're waiting they just broke ground on the uh our edition this week so oh that's super good. excited we're hoping so Monday they're supposed to start they've they've done all most of the prep work Monday the day this episode's released um they're starting to frame and we're hoping two weeks from then the framing is done and maybe ten days after that the edition is finished um yeah. Super excited to have two separate bedrooms is going to be incredible.
0: Because <laughs> you guys are uh, room sharing now, huh?
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm not a light sleeper, but I'm a very like anxious.
0: So when he starts crying, no, I'm with you. I, I know you're about to say like the, there's a wake up, and then you don't know if you're going to go, you're ever going to go back to sleep. Yeah.
1: So he's the yeah. Well, he night cries.
0: So that's so he does cut. he not, th- so tell me this real quick how many times have you been woken up because he rips the largest largest fart in the world None yet none yet Oh god our kids are the biggest farters No it's this Just these like gigantic farts like how did that come out of a baby's butthole? So it's the night cries um and yeah, what'll happen no, is no, you he that makes happens. like he makes a little
1: noise which doesn't wake me up and then he'll do a full on cry which yep. immediately awakes me. And uh, your anxiety is going to be like,
0: what do I need to do to protect him? Well,
1: no. So I just, I'm, like, I'm at do the I point need to now. Do in general. I'm at the point now where I just wait. So I kind of, yeah, yeah. like, I kind of go back to sleep. Times
0: it can just take care of itself. Well, and
1: his night cries are like a three to five minute experience. It's not just okay. like five seconds, 10 seconds, 30 seconds. It's like a three to five minute experience. And then we wait and we go and Caitlin will pull her phone up and look at the camera. Cause we don't want to get up and make noise and give motion around him. Yeah. So she yeah, pulls yeah, her sure. phone up, which we have linked to our baby camera. Um, and look and she goes, okay, his eyes aren't open. Like he's flying around and I go, his eyes aren't open. Okay. And then usually, after the second or third time, I'll look over, or, you know, I'll, I'll kind of shake her for a minute. And she goes, yeah, his eyes are open. And that's my cue to, okay, I need to get up. I pick him up. I go change him. Caitlin goes pee. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we just kind of do the handoff where I'll grab him. I change him. I keep, because I'm good with the night vision. My eyes are just used to doing that shit from flying so much at night that I don't.
0: That's what we would do. Like we would always do a diaper change if they're up fuck it you do a diaper change Mm -hmm. yeah and then by the time i'm doing diaper done doing diaper change
1: i bring him in she feeds him and i try to go back to sleep but i'm also super anxious because i know how tired she is so i feel like there's some partner accountability where i want to like keep her awake to make sure there was the first like three weeks there was a lot of in the bedroom, because I'd be like, "Wake up!" She's like, "I am fucking awake." I'm like, "Okay, well, you don't look like you're awake, and I don't want him suffocating." <laughs> and so now I just don't say anything.
0: Um, I think we're married to a very similar women.
1: <laughs> like now I just don't say anything, <laughs> and then I just stay awake. And after 30 minutes, I start like tapping toes, and she's putting him in. Okay, okay, she is awake. She's putting. Okay. I heard a horrendous story. One of our clients was talking about. I had uh, I had TJ in the chest carrier um the other day walk
0: you like it i love oh, i've got like five so I, i've the one we had, the, we had twins It's man. the one that that was the one did you send me one that i was looking for the most to was chest carrying i did it some but like did you send me just, one i feel like maybe no I and know i know
1: you went. sent me you sent me like a pop-up pin that y'all loved
0: maybe yeah okay no that thing was dope but I
1: can't remember, but I think we have the chest carrier that y'all really loved. Um,
0: we have, we have, we had a couple of chest carriers. I've got the gray
1: one that's like super breathable, and it's it's great. I,
0: God, I wanted one of the kids to love them, but well, well TJ TJ hates it.
1: As soon as I put him in, as soon as he's good, up, good. I don't want you to have this. Joy. Well, as good. soon as he's up and he's <laughs> he's on my chest, he fucking hates being on my chest. He loves being on Caitlyn's, He hates being on my chest. But when I walk outdoors, as soon as I take him outside, he calms down, right? Yeah, okay, I understand And it's wonderful, and especially as soon as I get him in the sun. When the sun hits him, he's like a cat in a window. (laughs) It's great. He just calms down. So I've got him in the chest carrier the other day, and I'm talking with one of our clients who, um, who brings us garlic and onions because I'm kind of on this, like, I'm on this vegetable trade. Vampire diet. No, I'm on this like vegetable trade with like three of our clients as I grow stuff that they don't and they grow stuff that I don't. So we just trade veggies throughout the growing season. And this is my onion and garlic connect. And so I'm talking and I look down. I was like, oh, hey, I need to move him real quick because his chest is in my, um, or his face is in my chest. She goes, so, and this is the client. She's talking to me and she goes, no shit. We were on a flight where a mom fell asleep breastfeeding and then mid-flight woke me up screaming and they couldn't save the baby. Uh what? Yeah, so it was one of those and that's a, that just like reintroduced all the fear I have because she was God so damn. she was so tired that the kid fell asleep breastfeeding and then suffocated. I mean, it's like yeah. Because its face, its nose was up. So, and I learned from the doctor and I'm sure you did that they, they are effectively hundred percent nose breathers. They can't breathe out of their mouth right now. Um, and so, yeah, during the course of breastfeeding, she's so tired that she falls asleep. And like light turbulence wakes him up, but the baby had already suffocated. And she tells me this. And then I just start freaking out. You're like, Cool, thanks. I start freaking out, and Caitlin looks at her, and goes, "Oh my god, what have you done?" Like now, every time I breastfeed at night, he's just going to be on me with a flashlight <laughs> <laughs>
0: or a cattle prod. Yeah,
1: hey, I mean, I love her. Zoning out? You're zoning out. I hey. love her. I don't know how she does it. Well, I, in almost two months, I, I maybe have given the kid like six bottles. Honestly.
0: Uh, see, I do way more than that, just because. Well, you two got of two of, of them. them, but um, yeah, it's been great. Anyway, uh, let's yeah, close like this thing. Part out. of me, I part of me envies you that you just had like one to take care of at once. But then I also know I'm, because we had two at once, we don't have to worry about doing it all over again. Even though yep. sometimes two, two. It sucks. I'm not. I'm not. It sucks so bad. I'm not doing it hey, for the for the audience. <laughs> it kind of sucks. I haven't do it once. Yeah.
1: I'm not doing but it. They're again. really cute. And we love them a lot. I'm. But- I'm going to get my shit cut here in like four months. I'm just doing it. I'm done.
0: Oh God. I. I was supposed to do it. I told her I'd do it during uh, the World Cup. I was like I was all about it. Just go do it. But I think. But she chickened out because she, the kids were not that old yet. Go do so it. So. She's like, "Well, if you can't lift anything, you can't help." Jesus. <laughs> she couched it in like a It's like, "Oh, you know, you can't lift a, anything you know, for like 10 days. It's not that serious." There's $300 out of pocket. Do we really need that oh extra god, right now?" I'm like, "It's like, bitch, we could we That's like three meals out. It's fine." I told
1: Caitlin if but. she want if she wanted another kid that we can adopt a 9-year-old and just mm.
0: We'll start. She there. talks about adoption. She talks about adoption when the kids are old. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, no. We'll talk about this later. We'll cl- you and I, not me and her. Yeah, her, me and hers. No. Let's close this shit out.
1: Uh, let me Before do we my in too much trouble. No, yeah. I don't, Fuck it. I mean, it's a long episode for us. Uh, she
0: listens to one episode every two years. No, yeah, perfect. The last one she listened to is when I said she didn't vacuum or <laughs> didn't clean or something.
1: That's why she's I get...
0: very, very fucking upset.
1: Oh God. Caitlin and I just <sighs> we live in such a small place that both of us just constantly clean. There's it's we only have to clean three rooms, so we just constantly clean. <laughs> it feels like we do too, but it's never quite clean. No, well it's because you have two kids and four dogs and a cat.
0: Hey, no no cats. Oh, the cats
1: are dead. All of them.
0: Well, one cat's dead. One cat lives at Rachel's. I told you
1: this. Oh, yeah, that's right. You did. You did. Whatever. All right, let's get... For the audience. Let's close this thing Uh, So, election time. April 25th in Florida. Tampa, you have a general runoff election. New Jersey, April 25th. Newark Public Schools have a general election. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, Washington State in Olympia and King County. Both have a special election on April 25th. Falling ones are on April 29th. Louisiana, Orleans, Paris School Board, general election. Baton Rouge, city general election. New Orleans, city general election. And Sabine County, I, I, dollars to donuts. It's probably not pronounced Sabine in Louisiana, but but that's how Sabine? it's buying. Well, it'd be Sabine or Sabine. Well, I mean, Sabine in Texas. So Sabine, I
0: would, Sabine, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Beignet County, (laughs) Sabine County recall election for Sabine Parish police jury district number five. Uh, you may want to go vote in your police jury district, uh, especially if it's a recall election. Uh, a shit ton coming up, um, in the next podcast. That's gonna be like a five minute episode. Uh, Cody, closing thoughts. Uh, Wrap it, you. tap it. Perfect. Just uh, getting some socials. Drunk Week in Review at gmail.com. Pretty Little Loggers at gmail.com. Drunk week, uh, at drunk week in review on Instagram. You can find us at DWIR Podcast on Twitter and Facebook.com slash drunk week in review. Uh, shout out to all the new listeners. Shout out to all the old listeners. Shout out to Aaron. I hope you choke on the chicken because chicken is a fucking garbage piece of meat. Um everybody gear up for race season Cody take us home
0: Good night we love you uh raise hell praise dale